Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. And to live to also see the celebration of another Father's Day. This morning, I want to share with you the qualities of a father. Qualities of a father. And I'll dwell on one of them for this morning. Qualities of a father. Fathers are important. It's a very huge responsibility to be a father. And one of the reasons why it is a very serious thing to be a father is because God exists in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, we have seen the Son, and we were given his name as Jesus. We have heard of the Holy Spirit, but the Father is called Father. Now, that is serious because that is the name of God. So, for God to bestow us with his title is a very serious thing to carry his title. And so if there's anyone to better learn from, as far as a father is concerned, the best replica and the best example is God, the father himself. Because that's his name. His name is not just God. He's God, the father. Because we have God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And all of them have got their names. But when we came to him, he has no other name than father. And many times, Jesus addressed him as father. Did you realize any time Jesus prayed, when you go back, read your Bible, every time he prayed, he said, father. He called him father. And we are called fathers. That's a very huge responsibility. Can you imagine that you start walking out now and suddenly you are being called, you know, you are addressed as his royal highness. His royal highness. It means that you have to change the way you behave. Because that title is not placed on just anybody. People can be knighted and people can be given all kinds of titles, but they are not called Royal Highness. Royal Highness is very high. And you must compose yourself according to that standard. And so God created the male figure and planted in him the capacity to be father. Somebody shout father. And so fathers are key because the word father from the Greek ab, ab, or av in the Hebrew refers to source. Source. He is the source of everything. He is the source of everything. God placed the source in the father. And fathers are very, very key to our growth, to the plan of God and to the agenda of God on the face of of the earth. It is very, very important for us to realize that a father should present the fundamental qualities of leadership, of responsibility, of accountability, as well as the capabilities of planning, loving, caring, and showing direction. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. And so these are things that God wired in the Father so that he will not only produce things, but will also care for the things that he produces. No father should run away from his responsibility. 
So fathers have responsibility. And they have the duty to care. They have the serious responsibility. In fact, they are responsible even for the wife that they marry. Because actually that is his child as well. Because he is source of everything. Glory be to Jesus. And so when we have to celebrate Father's Day, I want us to place the emphasis on fathers. I was telling someone yesterday that it is Father's Day. It is not Father's and Mother's Competition Day. It is not Father's irris Irresponsible Father's versus Responsible Father's Responsible Day. It is actually Father's Day. And let's give the honor to fathers as they deserve. Because when it's only Father's Day, then the radio stations are full of irresponsible fathers. And, but when it's Mother's Day, we also know of mothers who left their children. Abandoned them. Who are irresponsible. But when it's Mother's Day, we don't talk about that. We talk about mothers. So when it's Father's Day, let's shift the narrative. Let's kill what the enemy wants to do and celebrate fathers. Because how many of you in this room, if we take a sample, will say that your father was not responsible? You won't say that. I mean, the majority of fathers are responsible. So let's not send a picture out there as if men don't matter. When we kill the men out of society, we are killing the agenda of God. And that is how God wired it. We need to work according to God's plan. Hallelujah. Fathers are special. Fathers are wonderful. Fathers are source. And they are your protector. Hallelujah. And this morning, I want to share with you that of all the qualities of fathers that we mentioned, there is one thing that was wired in them that for a while we have been quiet on. And it is the quality of compassion. Every true father has compassion. The reason why sometimes we don't see this in them is because they themselves were not fathered well. And so much wounds and pain has been in them that they are unable to express compassion. They have been wounded so much that they are unable to function properly. But all their qualities can only work when the fundamental original nature of the man, the father, is switched back on. And it is the nature of compassion. Somebody shout compassion. Hallelujah. Please come with me to... Psalm 103, we'll come back to Luke 15, which was our main scripture reading, which was read today. But we are learning about fathers. They have many qualities. They are supposed to lead. They are supposed to love. They are supposed to plan. Because you can't be a father who don't have what it takes to plan. You must plan ahead. You must look ahead. That's why you are ahead. That's why the eyes are on the head. So because you are ahead, you must see ahead. So every father must see ahead. And when you can see ahead, you can plan. Because you can't plan without vision. If you don't know where you are going, what are you planning for? So fathers are supposed to be good planners. They are supposed to discipline. They are supposed to direct. They are supposed to guide. But all these things lies at the base of the original thing that was put in a father. And it is actually the nature of the father. Maybe let me retitle my message. The nature of the father. 
Because that is the nature of the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he puts in the male, in the man, to be father. So after giving birth and all of that, he's supposed to demonstrate what will make him function in all the other qualities is this very root of a compassionate heart. It's wired into his DNA. And Psalm 103, verse 13 to 14, it says, like as a father pities his children. Have you seen it? This is what fathers are supposed to do. They pity their children. That means they have got compassion. They've got what it takes to have pity. You can't have pity when you don't have compassion. Compassion is sympathetic care. You sympathize, not only with your mouth, but actually, and therefore you are moved to act. And it is in the nature of the man. As a father pities his children. This is scriptural definition of a father. It says the father pities his children. So fathers are supposed to have that nature. That pities. They have compassion. So the Lord. Have you seen it? The Lord. The Lord in capitals is referring to the man himself. The father himself. The Lord pities those who fear him. So as a father pities his children. Until you read the scripture, you never thought that father should pity his children. We always have this sort of mafioso, military, non-compassionate, non-emotional figure of a father. At the root of it should be this one, compassion. It is a compassionate heart that moves you to have pity and to care and to support and to hold. And it is the nature of the father. And we saw it in him. He had Adam and Eve in the garden. He gave rules. They broke it. He moved to discipline. And yet by his unfailing compassion, he had mercy on them. He pitied them. And the Bible says himself, after admonishing them and rebuking them, and then disciplining them, the Bible said, then he himself had to kill an animal and clothe them. And then worked out a plan. You see the nature of the father? He plans. And he planned an agenda that himself will have to come down as God the son to die and to save his own back to himself. It was pity that moved him to do so. If he had no pity, he would reject them. He would reject all of us, kill all of us. If he could create things within a split second, he could have created another Adam and Eve. He could have created another set of people who have not seen, but he had pity. It is in his very nature. Compassionate father. May we have compassionate fathers in the name of Jesus. May the original nature of the father be activated this morning. Whatever switched it off, whatever killed it, whether from your infancy, whether you never saw it in any of, your, of, your, of the people that acted as fathers in your life, I pray this morning that true fathers will rise again in the name of Jesus. So compassion is wired into a man. It is wired, it's the original DNA. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. So fathers are supposed to. when you have true compassion, it's not that you tolerate evil, but you are patient to correct and to receive again. Whenever there is compassion, then restoration is easy. 
Hallelujah. And the reason why this happens is that the Bible says, verse 14 of the scripture we read, the Lord does that. The Father pities. He says, for he knows our frame. And he remembers that we are dust. To move to that level of compassion, the father must be a matured person who understands that this error, I can't reject my own. What moves him to have compassion is that he could see that we are dust. You could see that that child is a child. You could see that he doesn't know fully what he's doing. He doesn't see the dangers. You could see that his head is definitely going to hit the block and he will come back. But when he's coming back, you must be ready with a large heart as a father to receive back and restore. This is why our heavenly father is a forgiving father. What have we done to him? What rules have we not broken? That he disciplines and that compassionate nature makes him look for us. That we can cry again in prayer and he will hear us. And that is the nature of a true father. The true father. He remembers. He knows our frame. So it takes understanding of issues to be able to forgive. When you understand the frailties and the fallibilities of people. And the weakness of a child. It will make the father have compassion. Amen. Hallelujah. And that moves you to easily forgive. Easily forgive. Let's look at the prodigal son. And we see the father of the prodigal son is an example again of a father who has compassion. Again, demonstrating this very nature. In Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15 is a very interesting chapter. Bible scholars and those who read the Bible and theologians have called Luke chapter 15 the lost chapter. Lost in in quote. L-O-S-T. Lost in quotes. The lost chapter. Because there are only three stories or three major themes there. The first one was talking about, Jesus was talking about the kingdom. And he says that the kingdom is like a woman who has coin that got lost and she searched frantically for it until she found it. Then the next example he gave there was the man, the shepherd who has 99 sheep and one of them, he has 100 sheep 99 were intact, one got lost and he left all the 99 and went to find and search for the missing one. And then he moved on to the third story or example of teaching about the kingdom and the nature of the father and the way things work in the kingdom as far as forgiveness is concerned. And then he gave the story of this man who had two sons and one got lost. Amen. Hallelujah. The difference in the three scenarios before we read is that the first one, the sheep or the, the coin got lost accidentally. He got lost accidentally. So the woman had to sweep the whole house until she found it. The sheep also got lost. It wandered away foolishly. 
and got lost and could not trace its way back. But the son, the second son of this man who decided to demand his share of his father's property when his father was still alive and had not died. And it is strange that the second child or the last born should initiate the distribution of the estate, showed his selfishness. He got lost willfully. But in all these three categories, God was sending us the message of a compassionate heart. That whether any of the children and any of the people we relate with does something accidentally or willfully or foolishly, you know, miss their way, or those that actually intentionally destroy things, we must still be able to show compassion and restore them. Hallelujah. Amen. In the case of the third, the first two, you will see an effort being made to go out physically and look for it. But in the last example, the father did not physically go out of the house to look for the child. But in his heart, he has been compassionate. In his heart, he has been waiting patiently, and I believe patiently in prayer for this son to come back. He has been waiting. He never gave up. The reason why he didn't go out running after the boy was because God, the, the, the third story is a human being. And God gave us a free will. So definitely by the time the boy was demanding his portion of the property, daddy would have been saying, it's no time. Mature a little, grow a little. You know when they are very young, they have God fantasies. Think it's time to move out. And daddy says, take your time. There is something called D-E-B-T over there. So I want to move out. I want to join this. Take your time. That season will come. That season will come. But there will be arguments. And after a while, because he had his own will, and God gave everyone free will, the father divided the property. Under the law of Moses, the second child will get one-third of the property. The first will get two-thirds of the property. But it can only happen after the father had died that this time the demand was being made when daddy was still alive. And after breaking all the protocols and tradition, father allows. And the boy goes. The Bible says he spent his life in riotous living. From verse 11 of Luke. And a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me, that belongs to me. And the father divided them his living. He shouldn't have done that, but he didn't. Because there would have been pressure. And all the time, a child is mounting pressure and trying to disturb the normal order of the home. So whilst the father was alive, things have been distributed. The Bible says, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance because he hadn't learned how to manage things. Instead of him to learn from his father how this was first acquired and how it has been maintained. Children only see what is there and they think they can handle it. You need to be patient to study and to understand how it was acquired and how it has been maintained. 
premature independence is not good. Sometimes if you haven't prepared well, you end up with a name change and a flag. And after 60 years, 55 years, whatever years, you are still the same. And you have not actually been independent at all. Economically, educationally, in everything, even in governance, you still have to depend on the people you claim you were claiming independence from. So what have changed? Only a flag and a new name. Because we have not prepared enough to manage our own affairs. And sometimes father will say, it's not time. But he argued, and because God created everyone with a will, father will permit, but not his actual will. He will give you a permit. Okay? I've given it to you. And he went away. He's just going to spend life. And the Bible says that he got it all. Wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he has spent all that he had, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And the man also sent him to his fields to take care of pigs. Now this is the first level of losing it was the fact that he left home. And wasted the substance. Didn't know how to manage it. Could not produce anything. Sometimes you see your father has a business. Your mother has a business. You are clamoring for it. Let me handle it. You take your time and understudy. And follow properly. Follow properly. Follow how the thing was generated and how it is maintained. May fathers rise to the occasion. And mentor their children very well. In Jesus name. And the Bible says that. You know, he, he asked for all of this and wanted to handle it and he went and failed. And then the Bible says now he had to look for a job. And they asked him to go and take care of pigs. Being a Jew, the law of Moses forbids them from eating pigs or doing anything with pigs. And here he was. Now had to go and handle what originally he's not supposed to handle. He's been brought down. The Bible says that that is not only enough. That he desired that he would even fill his belly. With some of the food. From the pig. Man. And no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses. Sometimes fathers, the compassion of the father makes the father have enough patience to wait till the child comes to their senses. Hallelujah. And when the child runs back home, receive him. Receive her. Hallelujah. Receive him. That is the nature of a true father. It's a nature. We have the nature of revenge, but that is not our original nature. The original nature of the father is that he still restores. He still receives. He understands our frailty that we are nothing but dust. He understands that this is still a child who has made a catastrophic decision mistake. And I cannot reject my own. That which came out of you, you can't reject. That is the nature of a true father. Fathers sacrifice a lot to build and maintain the house. Children grow up in it and they don't know what it took for the building to be built. They don't know what it took. 
They don't know how many times a father had to go on an empty stomach for the child to feed. They don't know how many times you have to declare a fast by faith, not because by divine commission, but that you declare fast so that your child should eat. Where you wear one shoe for six years, until the sides wear that when you stand, it feels like a bow leg, but actually it's not. People say, oh, that man with the bow leg. No, it is the shoe that had made him bow leg. It's not bow legged at all. It is a shoe. Because one side is worn. All to make ends meet and to make sure that the children do well. To make sure that the home is running. There are things they could enjoy. But they didn't. And the Bible said, this guy, no man gave to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have even bread to eat and spare? And I'm perishing with hunger. If someone has been feeding pigs, and he wants to even eat what pigs eat, he's wasted all the investments of his father. That's why I know here, man. That should annoy a father. That should make you wish him ill. But the father, the true father, has been looking for his son. In his heart, he may have been interceding for him. Waiting to get him back. Because that's your own. Fight for your own. Don't let the enemy take it from you. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes the enemy has a way of putting hatred into what you love. And will make you fight your own son and daughter. But may there be a change this morning. That whenever you see their frailties and their errors, perceive them with the eye of God and see them from that perspective. He understands our frame. That we are dust. And so we are not perfect. We will make mistakes. And no matter how costly it will the father moved by compassion. The Bible says his compassions fail not. His compassion. This is the nature of the father. His compassions fail not. He left heaven, came down for us. He gave up his own to get all of us back. That is the father. We have committed so much evil for him to reject us and to bring an end to all of this and could create a new species of human beings who have not seen before and carry on with them. But the true father is a compassionate father. Hallelujah. Amen. And that compassion is not only to his children, but also to his wife. Hallelujah. That is the agenda of God. That's why the, when the scripture says, therefore shall a man leave. You didn't ask that why is it that he didn't say the woman leave. The man shall leave. Because he's going to be a father in his own home. And when his wife comes along, she acquires a new father. So she's called by his name. That's why you cannot be combining the names. Because he takes on a new name, a new father. That's why he's called by the name. He's placed on a new father. Because you can't disturb the genetics. You can't disturb the plan of God. That's why it's the father who lives. The man lives. Glory be to Jesus. Our heavenly father came down to save us. 
The Bible says he came to his senses and made some very cogent analysis and said, my father has many servants who are not even his children. They work in the house. They eat better food than what I'm eating here. If you're a child that has gone wayward, trace your steps back home. In Jesus' name. Fathers naturally are supposed to be compassionate. If it's not there, something killed it. Sometimes poor parenting. Because some fathers, you know, we blame certain fathers. And I've always said, it is because they themselves were not properly fathered. It's like when children give birth to children. What can they teach them? So the streets of London is a test case of children giving birth to children. What would they teach them is the disorder you see on the street. The children themselves have not been properly disciplined and then they are giving birth to children. What would they teach? They themselves don't know discipline. So what would they teach that child? So they are the ones that when a teacher disciplines a child, they all gang up and go and beat the teacher because they themselves have not been disciplined. And so we have chaos on the streets because we have children giving birth to children and there's no parent on the streets. There's no parent. But may there be a restoration. May fathers be restored in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that he came to himself and said, how many of my fathers, they have got bread to eat and to even have spares and I'm perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to my father, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and decided to make his way back home. But when he was yet a great way off, other translations is when he was a great distance away, he was not in the neighborhood, very far off, his father located him. He's coming back totally deformed. Maybe if he was fair looking, this time he's coming back very dark with all kinds of spots on him. Having eaten pig's food. No proper treatment. His whole countenance will change. You know when people, there are certain people, they, they have very fair complexion until they are going through the stress of life. And then you see them turning dark. And when you see them, you don't recognize them. So this one, when I know him, he was very fair. But I've seen the life, life has actually ministered to him. Life has beaten him so much that he looks. And this guy would have been looking very dirty, unkempt, totally deformed. But his father still recognizes him. Because father still recognizes who? Father still recognizes, this is my product. This is my son. And look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. And the Bible said, the father saw him and had compassion. Have you seen it again? We are told in Psalm 103 that the father pities his children, had compassion on children. And we are seeing another father here that Jesus is presenting and said he had compassion. And look at what the compassion did. The Bible says compassion moved him and he ran. Father ran. He ran towards his son. His heart has already been, 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 been you know, 
been searching for his son. He's been yearning for his son. And the Bible says he saw him afar off. Others in the area or in the same city, may, as he's coming, nobody recognizes him because he looks like a madman. He had no one to wash his feet. He would have walked distances. The Bible says he went to a far country. So it could have taken him three months walking, walking and coming, lean. Lean. Son of a rich man who had servants. Now he's gone and he's come back. People may not even recognize him, but father still recognized him. He was moved with compassion. He had compassion on him. And the Bible said he ran. It is the nature of our heavenly father. That when people are even lost, it was the father who sent his son to come down to save us. The son of God came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it is the nature of the father that he ran to go and look at what he did to him. Fell on his neck and kissed him. Kissing the dirty dust. Kissing big smell. The guy can't bath. He hasn't bath for this. Nobody's giving to him. You can imagine the smell. But when it's your own, smell makes no difference. Hallelujah. That's why when the true creator came down on earth, the Bible says he saw a leper. And the Bible says he touched him. Nobody would touch the leper, but he touched it. When he got to Lazarus' tomb, the Bible said, the people said, that by this time it stinks, for it has been four days. He said, open it in. Remove the stone. I don't care whether it's stinking or not. I am the creator of this one. I'm a specialist of stinking situation. I have the nature of the father, that which everybody rejects. I will take my own thing and turn it around and beautify it and make it my own again. It shall stand again. It shall be restored again. May there be true fathers who will rise and turn things around in the mighty name of Jesus may we have husbands who become true fathers in Jesus name hallelujah he had compassion on him and the son said to him father I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and I'm no more worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants bring the best robe the father ignored his statement. <laughs> Say, you don't know, you don't know. I am your father. <laughs> I, don't just, I, will, I, will even, I will even bother to respond to your request. Your application is actually ignored. <laughs> Servants, bring him a fresh cloth. Let him go and have a, a bath. Shower him and bring him back to me. Put the best cloth on him. Put some gold on him. He's still my son. He's missed it, but he's still my son. May we have fathers who are moved by compassion. Hallelujah. And it's true. Our children will do stuff. People that we become father to can do crazy stuff. But we must still be able to be compassionate and love them. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes children can do uncomfortable things. But may we not curse them. May we love them. May we be true fathers in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There are people, they are daughters of mine in the Lord who have done crazy stuff. There are times I've picked some of them by word of knowledge. And I've called. One of them I called her at 10 p.m. the other day. I said, where are you? She's in another country. I said, it is 10 p.m. in the UK. That means it's very late to where you are. And who is that man you are standing with? 
It was quiet on the phone. I said, give the phone to him. And you are not sleeping there tonight. Get back home. He said, yes, sir. I, I told the man, why are you ready to eat something you haven't paid for? Go home, you two. Get out of that hotel. Fathers can be tough and disciplinarians. And after that, you correct, discipline, and restore. She's singing beautifully in the choir. But I've dealt with her and restored her. You can't throw your own away. That is when you are a true father to someone. Glory be to Jesus. But the Holy Ghost will reveal things. In Jesus' name. <laughs> she was surprised. But it's not a surprise to her anyway. But she's like, this one too. I said, then if you call me father, get ready. But true fathers have compassion. In Jesus' name. And the Bible says that his father called the servants and put a ring on him and shoes on his feet and bring him here. Kill the fat cow. Kill it. Let us eat and be excited. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to be married. Now his elder son was in the field working as he came. He drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, what does this mean in the house? When I was leaving, there's no indication of a party. The servant said to him, your brother, that your brother, he is back. And your father has killed the fattest cow because he has received him safe and sound. And the brother was angry, would not go in. Therefore, he came, his father came out to speak. Again, you see the nature of the father. The elder brother is so angry, he's waiting outside, he's not coming in. He's upset because this guy wasted everything, went, he's now back. Me, I've been with you. You never provided anything for me. Sometimes we have the issue of the brother fighting the brother. And sometimes it looks like daddy doesn't know what to do. May compassion move you to act properly. David was moved with compassion. Even though his daughter was raped by one of his own sons, he still did not kill. Even though the law of Moses says anyone who rapes a woman must be stoned to death. The Bible said David decided to spare Ammon's life. It's not because he's partial. Because the girl that has been raped is his daughter as well. But he's looking at things from a different perspective. That's why Absalom took matters into his own hands. To think if daddy doesn't know how to administer justice, I will kill this guy and apply the law. But he doesn't know that the father is operating at another level. May we learn to show mercy. So when it gets to our turn, mercy will also be shown to us. That is why when Absalom was finally caught with his hair stuck to a tree, no amount of pleading from a junior officer could convince Joab to change his mind. He killed him. No mercy was shown to him. No mercy was shown to him. But David continued to live because he's a father who is full of mercy. The Bible says, he said he won't go in, but the father still moved out. Amen. 
may we have fathers. It's not that you are compromising, but you understand the game. You, you are above these things. And he moved. He came. He didn't sit in there and say, if he's not coming, he should stay outside. No, he came out. Because he understand that the older brother, his older son, may have a point. But he may not fully understand the reason why the father is doing what he's doing. So as father, moved by compassion again, he came out. You feel like this is beneath you as father? No, come out. We were not qualified to have the son of God come down to talk to us and to die for us and to eat with us. But he came down. When there is true compassion, pride has no place. Hallelujah. This is your product. This is your seed. The moment the announcement was made that the lady is pregnant, you said, I accept responsibility. And started being responsible. So when this one comes out and does anything, you have to manage the situation. If your son did not understand, you must explain. And he came out and he provided an explanation. Look at him. And then the Bible says, his father said to him, and he said to his father, this many years I have served you. I never transgressed you. I never broke your commandments. I have been a good son. But you never even gave me a little goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this your son, have you seen? It's typical, isn't it? They talk like that, isn't it? As soon as this your son, isn't it? As long as this my brother, he has already detected it. As a father, don't get sidetracked by the petty quarrels among your children. Stand tall as father and mediate in a wise way and provide answers and point your children in the right direction in the name of Jesus. He said, this is your son who has devoured your living with harlots, with prostitutes. You have killed for him fatted calf. And the father said to his son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. It's true he is back. But indeed, we have to receive him because he's our own blood. But as far as the inheritance is concerned, everything in this house is yours. We have just received him. But everything in this house is yours. In terms of property, he has to work now. After we have restored him, he will work to make his own. But there's nothing in this house that is his. His, he took away. You have everything here. Son, do you understand? Because what he didn't understand is not only his argument was not only that his brother has, but he was actually concerned that maybe daddy would divide the property again and his own will still be chopped off. And father actually assured him nothing is moving. The original plan still stands. Two thirds was yours. One third was his. He has wasted it. Now he's back. He's our own blood. We have to restore him. When we restore him, we will teach him how to do business, to make his own money. But your property and your investments, they are intact for you. Unless you decide to help your brother. But this is the law. And when he understood, he followed his father to the house. Hallelujah. And so he said, it is proper that we should make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead. You see how the father was talking. He didn't say, this my son. You know, the, the son came talking in a derogatory way, trying to tell him, this your son. But when the father was talking, he said, this your brother. May you be the center of unity in the name of Jesus. May every pain anyone has endured in the heart of a father. May the Lord heal you in Jesus' name. May God locate you into right fathers. And may fathers 
for the errors and the mistakes that you have committed. May God give you another chance to repair it. I pray that you'll be blessed this day in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that this message will minister life to many homes and to many families. In Jesus' mighty name and to young ones here, I pray that you learn how to be a father so your generation will be a champion generation. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, that your wives will not need to cry and not need to worry. May there be a new generation of young men and young women who are true fathers who will change the destiny of our nation. In Jesus' most excellent and holy name, somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus 447-3576-355-621 on the web www.christchurches.org, Facebook Christ Church International, Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.